1: and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr Pete Dawson. Pete, how are you doing
2: on this fine day? I'm good. I'm ensconced in a little Airbnb in uh, Whitstable. I've taken uh, the Abroad Japan uh, London compliment short on the road a little bit. So, uh, yeah, just here for a couple of days, then then, then going back. We're trying to sort of rinse the very last seconds out of the uh, of being able to get somewhere before the full lockdown. Probably a little bit irresponsible, Mm. but, you know, drove here, drove back. Who are we going to (laughs) see?
1: Well, and you're going to spend the next month indoors. I feel sorry for all of our British listeners, again, having to go into lockdown. What a terrible, nightmarish situation. I do feel a sense of guilt being in Japan. A lot of my friends in the UK are like, what's things like over in Japan? It's like, well, normal. I don't know how. I don't know why. Maybe it's the wide adoption of masks. Maybe it's the low contact culture where people don't touch much. I don't know, but the cases here continue to be very, very low, amongst the lowest in the world. Mm. So, no, I do feel bad. I mean, is it gonna? How are you feeling about you know going under lockdown for a whole another month?
2: Um, I mean, to be honest, I, th- I think um, it's not going to change my routine massively, but I would say that it's rather. I, I think it's more annoying for a lot of people in the way that the track and trace has been. Uh, has been absolutely botched, uh, you know, farmed out to, to, to do, you know, conservative cronies, um, turned in a, 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 terrible product and, um, people will lose their lives and get very ill because they, they, they just didn't put, they're just not, technocrats they just have no grounding in any level of expertise they don't trust scientists they don't trust people who know what they're talking about and they just think mm. um they you know they just think their mate down the road uh, who's got you know who's got a who's got a limited company could probably turn something around really quickly because he's a good old chap uh, but what happens is um they don't turn around anything because they're not good old chaps and they do everything very cheap and we've got a situation where everyone's very unwell and uh, the, the, the it's looking pretty grim for the hospital so any frontline energy chess workers again mm. once again um i feel very very sorry for uh, i just hope that there's uh there's a vaccine in uh on the horizon because um our government certainly isn't um yeah I, I mean i would look to other other people's uh governments to sort that out because uh we ain't uh we haven't got anybody fit for purpose one might say so i think there's a lot of people who are very very mm. angry not that i'm pro the current government at the best of times
1: no it's <laughs> nice. Not a very good government all, is it? Not at all. And uh, it's an extra special sad week, not only is there a lockdown, but Sean Connery passed away, didn't he? And um, one hmm. of my favourite James Bond episode- films was you, know, you Only Live Twice. I remember watching that a lot when I was a kid. Hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why I was always drawn to that one. I, I remember <laughs> hypothesising that maybe it was the reason I moved to Japan at one point. I don't think it is. I went back and watched it. Not a great film. It's quite fun, but it's yeah. not a good film. But other than that, <laughs> Sean Connery, legend, absolute legend. I'm going to go and binge watch a lot of his films. Uh, some of the better Bond films, like From Russia with Love, and of course Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But yeah, what a strange week. Um, I mean, I I'm still trying. I'm still editing my way through the Journey Across Japan videos. I did go to a public uh, bath the other day to try and relax and unwind because it's quite difficult editing. It does take its toll sitting indoors. Like four or five days in a row, hunched over a computer editing about stuff, and uh, so I thought I'd go to a public bath and relax, you know, soak in the oh. in the nice hot spring waters. I thought we didn't bring I your got laptop in. Take my, I <laughs> no, can't take your laptop, but I got in, and it was like getting into molten lava. And I got in for like thirty seconds. I nearly passed out. I never had that before. I don't know what was wrong with this mm. bath. They just let someone turn the temperature up to. So it must have been like forty-eight degrees Celsius or something. I like put my, I pull myself out after thirty seconds, and like my lower half just bright red, like a bloody strawberry. And I had to sort of sit there at the side of the pool, wondering why was it so damn hot. So damn annoying, isn't it? I want to enjoy why my can't bath? Chris
2: have kids. It's because he boiled his nethers.
1: <laughs> it was bad. It was a, a rare. I mean, you know. Japanese hot springs, they can be pretty damn hot, but that was like next level. It wasn't fun. It wasn't (laughs) relaxing. Not going to that public bath again. Um, But we do have a nice story from uh, Beth Lawson. Story of the week It kicks off. Hi, Chris and Pete. I was lucky enough to move to Japan in March just before the travel restrictions. After spending a month or so alone in my apartment, my school opened and I started working as an assistant language teacher. I've been working at a rural junior high school in North Saitama. My first day was awkward. Um, After I gave my self-introduction to one class, the Japanese-English teacher asked me if I had a boyfriend in front of all the students... I gave the standard rehearsed reply that all ALTs are trained to provide in such uncomfortable situations. I pressed a finger to my lips, winked, and said, it's a secret. Uh, and just building on Beth's experience here, this will happen. If you teach in Japan, this will happen about a 100 times a day, and it's very, very annoying. Uh, one boy asked the teacher, "Number," uh, which means to chat up, and uh, he encouraged the teacher to try and hit on me. Uh, Beth sensei, would you join me for dinner? The teacher asked. I laughed uncomfortably. Ha, ha no, of course not. You're married, he is. It was weird. Later that day, a 14-year-old boy stopped me in the corridor and asked me to join him to a love hotel. Bloody hell. I would have been angry, but he asked with perfect English grammar, and the pronunciation that was fantastic. He had obviously practised. I laughed and walked away. I've been working at the school for six months now. The boys still make inappropriate comments, but I think sexual harassment is still an uncomfortable subject for most Japanese schools. The teachers prefer to ignore it rather than address it. My question to you, Chris, when you taught English in Japan, did any of your students have a crush on you? If so, how did you handle it? All the best, Beth Lawson. Um... How did that get into story of the week? That's not a story, that's a question about sexual harassment.
0: (laughs) 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 And I said it was a happy
2: story. Yeah, it it probably wasn't a happy story, I guess. It's just uh, what a a horrible situation to be in constantly and just constantly having to, you know, be be treated like a bloody sexual commodity by your colleagues and the people that you teach. uh, That's a a horrible situation, isn't it? I mean, it's standard. Like when I was uh,
1: when I was teaching, it, whenever you do your, your self introduction, right? It's called a jiko Shokai self introduction. You mm. go in, you talk about how brilliant the UK is because it's got fish and chips and Harry Potter. You talk about why you came to Japan for half an hour, uh, and then that everyone, you know, you sort of say, okay, question time. Go and ask me some questions. And uh, the only question that ever comes up is, do you have a girlfriend or do you have a boyfriend if you're uh, a girl? And it's always, everyone laughs, it's really funny, and you have to sort of go, oh, no, it's a secret. Or some cases you go, oh, yeah, many girlfriends, and everyone claps. Um, now, as a guy, it's not really, its not just kind of funny. It's like a bit of hearted banter. But I imagine as a girl, that's a bit annoying, especially when the teacher <laughs> tries to ask you out to dinner when they're married. Never thought about that as an angle. Um Bit weird. But um my one thing the students do in the corridor they'll say things like oh ikemen which means like handsome man i got that a lot um it felt quite a hollow sentence i didn't i never really thought that i actually thought it but i got that a lot and it's sometimes it's funny sometimes it's awkward people just sort of saying oh he's handsome he's hot as he walked down the corridor but that's quite common i think it's quite common i don't think it's because i'm hot i think it's because i was special because i was the only foreigner in town I don't know what do you reckon Pete <laughs> would you enjoy yeah.
2: that what, what do you do you, what you want me to ask you if, if, if you want to know whether I think you're hot or not <laughs> validate <laughs> me
1: Pete validate me validate I mean, my
2: sexuality
1: Would you, how would you feel if you know you're walking down a corridor at school going to a class and some girls went oh he came in oh he's hot how do you feel about that
2: chris i mean i i i mean we've probably spoken at length that the difference between boys and girls and girls are um sexually judged constantly throughout their working days from the, from the age of like fucking fourteen but um i I think very much uh when you look as shit as i do i think it's you know I'll take anything i will take i will take
0: oh,
2: anyone's anyone's uh man. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: I will take anyone's icky men. That is my favourite phrase. Two and a half Uh, years of doing this podcast. That's my new favourite sentence.
2: I'm an icky man. Give me icky men. I don't know. I mean,
1: your Colonel Sanders face, your moustache, I think that would win hearts and minds. In the yeah, I think, I think 20, 2020
2: school. has not been a vintage year for my looks. I have to say, where I've just sort of grown my hair out, grown my beard out. I look like I look, I look like the Colonel Sanders they dredged out of the uh, Duffin Body River as, as discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Icky MP. <man pee>. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: a couple of weeks ago, we were asked, I think it was last week or the week before, we were asked about Unsolved Mysteries, this episode that's been going mm. around on Netflix, um, a season where they go and examine a mystery that's unsolved and it's that's it, really. It's not not much cathartic release at the end because the mysteries are unsolved. Um, but one of the episodes in season two involved the tsunami um, and people who had seen ghosts. And there was a lot of comments from you guys about it, some good, some bad. So Pete and I finally watched it this week. What did you think, Pete? What did you make of this unsolved mysteries episode? I think,
2: what was it called? <laughs> it was called like Ghosts of the Tsunami, right? I think so, yeah. Which is a cool name, have to be said. Like you know, Ghost of Tsushima kind of kind of level uh, quality. But um, that whole show irks me terribly because it's it's just it's frequently nonsensical. Their unsolved mysteries are always, uh, d- you know, they just haven't found the person, or they know what happened. They're just speculating because they don't have the person in custody, and they don't have a hundred percent of the information that they think that they mm. need. So, all like the first season was like that. I didn't watch the first, the one about UFOs but this is very much the UFO episode of this season. Um I think I think there's six episodes. I've seen all of them uh, of the second season. And the one set in, in in Japan is you know it's just ghost stories and the uh, a tale of a community coming to terms with something they should never have had to come to terms with because it was just horrendous, you know, it just, just this kind of like uh, obscene kind of like town psyche that's just forever indelibly marked um, thanks to uh, an act of God. It's, it's, it really is horrendous. And, 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 All of the other episodes are pretty much the same, where they're just speculating about what may have happened to a person when it's quite clear what's happened to the person. The only one that is a true unsolved mystery is the abduction of the two children in in the New York park, which, again, harrowing. Um, And it it got to the point where I was watching Mm. that one and I was like... Uh, this is a bit much to be honest. This is a bit too real. I quite like the stupid speculation about where, you know, the bloke might have you know where the bloke, where the bloke's flip flops may have her. gone when, when he jumped off of the roof of the hotel and stuff. Um mm. but yeah, this this one uh was there there was a lot of silly nonsense in there. Um there was a very mm. character a very um charismatic monk that I very much enjoyed uh my time with. <laughs> <laughs> he was oh, very very um he was very very um good and he was like basically saying why would um gods judge me for uh talking to a, a woman about her you know experiences about you know um ghosts appearing to her and stuff why 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 would they judge me i think they just sort of go well done you've done something nice there because you make what you made a woman feel better it was a really nice little guy he's a really nice little character i'd very much like to meet that monk
1: <laughs> well he was like the main character in the episode wasn't he so I mean, yeah for me, it was quite a frustrating episode. Um, the opening third was like, did a very good job. I think it did mm. the best job of any documentary I've ever seen in showing and capturing the horror of the tsunami and the disaster. Like It built up really well. It mm. showed how bad it was. It interviewed people who had lost their families. Um, they had a guy who had sadly lost his, uh, his daughter and his wife. Um, even better, they didn't bloody focus on Fukushima because the tsunami really was overlooked. In the days and months and years after the disaster everyone just yeah. went oh I'm fukushima disaster nuclear uh, even though you know the number mm. of people that because
2: there- well, they just won't because because they, they, the west basically went oh this is going to affect us somehow they, in the same way that oh, yeah. uh, the the repeated denials of, of of the government in in the uh, in the east um you know caused i think i think now i think it was it the nuclear detonation it was either um it was either that it was either that disaster uh, in Chernobyl or it was the nuclear de- detonations in, 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 in the 40s where you can kind of carbon date. And I, actually, I think it might have been in that um, in one of the Unsolved Mysteries. It was, yeah. Um, they, they, yeah, they, they found that a bone was older than they thought it was simply because they managed to sort of carbon date this, this person um, because she had a certain isotope in her body that was released I think either when Chernobyl happened or, or when, uh, or when Bikini Atoll, uh, happened. Uh, so like fascinating, um, kind of technique. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we looked at Fukushima through the lens of how is this going to affect us? We don't really care about the people who actually was dealing with it, but the tsunami obviously killed a lot more people and was a lot more dangerous. A lot more destructive. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, around 16,000 people uh, died in the tsunami. Fukushima, it's, it's in the double digits probably. Um, it's, yeah. There's a great deal, a deal yeah. of speculation around it. but And, of course, 2,533 people still missing uh, from the tsunami as well. Yeah. Um, but I learned some new things as well. Like, I didn't know that um, in the days after the disaster, the bodies had to be, like, temporarily buried because there was no power mm. for crematoriums. So they couldn't... Yeah. Know, burn them so those people were just buried and then had to be dug up later amongst all the trauma of everything else going on um, um but it did focus so the first third i thought was fantastic it really did paint a brutal picture of what the situation was in a way that i felt i would like to see more of it to be honest i thought that was fantastic yeah. but of course there needed to be some unsolved mysteries and the mystery was people driving taxis had a had a person in the back who just disappeared um, mm. And the priest you mentioned, he was a really amazing guy. The bulk of like the, the, the final act, like a whole third of it, was dedicated to a woman who was possessed, uh, who I suspect just had some really bad mental health problems. Um, mm. And I felt, you know, it was kind of interesting, but I felt, why not focus more on the victims? I don't know. It just yeah. it felt a bit too much. I mean, I'm not someone who believes in ghosts and the supernatural and and to make the third act of that episode work you kind of need to otherwise you just think oh it's someone who's got like really bad mental health issues rather than a woman who was possessed and claiming she was living uh people who had died were living in her and all this sort of stuff Mm. i didn't really i don't know what did you think of it all
2: well, I, I think, um, I, I watched the final episode on, of the season I was certain the final one that I was going to watch, um, of the, um, God, what, what was he? He was, uh, he was in, the, he was in the Bush, um, in the George Bush, um, uh, um, organization oh, the guy in, in, was the, found in, in his, in his, in his rubbish yeah, found, 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 rubbish. Found, a, found, a rubbish, found a rubbish tip. And, and, he had bipolar. He clearly wasn't taking his meds. He clearly wasn't very well. Uh, and he, you know, he climbed in, in my opinion, he climbed in a bin. He was found on a landfill and these things happen. It was explained in the, t- in the TV show. These things happen. People were climbing there for warmth during the winter months. He was clearly distressed. He had no shoes on and you know, all this stuff. So I think a lot of this, a lot of this, um, series is just people with ill health um meeting their demise and us trying to find reason where thing where reason can't really be found because they they they're mentally unwell and mentally <laughs> disturbed <a> so, <laughs> and so and so that the the a lot of what this this TV show and what this episode uh, sort of told us was was that um when 16,000 people die in a tsunami that will indelibly uh, affect uh, an entire community and exacerbate um mental health problems i'm not sure i could get over that to be quite frank i don't think i'd be in any kind of fit state if mm, i saw mm. my children my family my wife my partner die in in, in such circumstances it's just unconscionable what, what unconscionable what, what what the people went through and um and obviously casts a very long shadow but Great to see a part of Japan um, that, that, that you don't see. And, and you're right, they, they didn't mention Fukushima at all. I, if at all. I don't think they did at any point during no, the they 45
1: didn't. minutes. I, I, mm. I sat through it with a pen and paper yeah. waiting for it to come up to make a note, and it didn't, to mm. my yeah. delight. Um, yeah. I think it was strange because I recognised the exact locations. It was all shot in Ishinomaki, where I spend a lot mm. of time. It's only you know an hour from here. You've been there. We went there together. I saw locations that you and I passed through on our, on our journey there. And um, I don't know. I'm glad they did focus on it. And I, I think overall it would have been a good documentary, but it was misplaced in Unsolved Mysteries. That wasn't the place for it to go. And I felt that mm. the reenacting of the ghost stories was a bit odd. Like There was there was a, a woman who thought like some people approached her car and the woman's just like, I thought they were, I knew they were dead people um, mm. and they were asking for directions. And I told them, you're dead, you're dead. What if there were just genuinely people that were lost? I just thought it was a bit bizarre. <laughs> that one but there was some really bizarre reenactments that i just i know it's a a strange one but i think it had been done tastefully overall the episode and clearly the the filmmakers in question had done a good job and they'd done the research and they they meant well so i do recommend Hmm. watching it guys if you have netflix if you don't have netflix you can't watch it but if you do have netflix go and check it out unsolved mysteries ghosts of the tsunami It'll uh, it'll paint a bleak and unpleasant picture of the tsunami in a way that uh, has yet to be seen, I think, on um, on T V on the big screen. Um would you recommend watching it, Pete? Does so he get the thumbs up?
2: Yeah, oh it's the only it's only telly I've watched in the last three months, so <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be all right, even how stupid it is.
1: <laughs> a scathing <laughs> remark, but nevertheless yeah. a thumbs up from Ichimendonny. And we now turn <laughs> our attention <laughs> that's the only nickname to a
2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
1: The fax machine. What do we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson?
2: Yeah, well, the first one kind of concerns the TV show from uh, Michael in Swindon in the UK. He says, uh, my question to you is um, regarding Unsolved Mysteries uh, series. Have any of you uh, ever experienced anything paranormal? Uh, Have you had any ghostly or spiritual encounters? Uh, Chris, uh, thanks for your hard work on the YT channel and the podcasts. Uh, Michael in uh, Swindon in the UK, have you uh, ever kind of experienced any any ghosty, ghosty, ghoulies, bumps in the night sort of uh, business, Chris? Well, I'm quite a scared. I'm quite scared of
1: things. Like I did that Love Hotel episode, right, last week. Yeah, and that All was
2: scary. I, you what? Did you enjoy it? I said, well, well worth a watch. I said, it's very good. Well I watched watch. it uh, yeah, this morning. I've I'd, I've had a busy couple of days, so I've not had a chance to uh, to sit down and watch it. But it was uh, it was very good. I very much enjoyed. Was it uh, Natsuki? At one point, went Cho fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that, <laughs> which I think, which I think things. is like a Tokyo way of sort of going. This is very fuck.
1: he he said he said all sorts of terrible things many of which i had to remove (laughs) from the video for monetization reasons but i mean that was that was pretty scary now i'm not i'm not a spiritual person or i'm not i don't believe in the paranormal but i still get a bit edgy and i was on edge Mm. uh in that love hotel like looking up into the ceiling there were like empty vents and things where you could see poking out and it was really uncomfortable and and there was evidence that people had been in there there was the drawings of a woman that had been cut open and oh, yes god it was Lord. pretty messed the, up and that was that was the thing the butt. thing
2: that gets me is like that because um japan's um, it gets very hot in summer but it's also very very um uh, humid so it mm. really does a number on everything if if a if a building is left to uh to, 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 to basically just go to seed not to go to seed but like just kind of you're just left to rack and ruin um it really Looks like shit in about three weeks. (laughs) it seems because it's just so moist and things crumble and rot really quickly because of the humid atmosphere mm. and if it if it touches the elements you're just absolutely in bits i very much enjoyed the quarry that you guys uh, found it did look like a video game it looked like the <laughs> lower levels of um, video game control uh if you've played that which is very good which you, you can play on the switch now um they've got this kind of like streaming service uh, on nintendo Hub, and you can play that uh you can play that now which is uh, a bit of a bit of a weird one really because it it's a really um Graphically intensive uh, title, but well worth a play. I should should tie it in with the quarry. Do
1: some some (laughs) quarry action. Get the commercial film there.
2: Yeah, they're right. right.
1: But uh, no, I'm not spiritual. Um, But I think another thing going back to the episode was interesting. They did talk about how Japanese people view death. They kind of see it as a a thin veil, like a shoji sliding door, Mm. right? That uh, is very thin. You're either one side of it or the other. But when you pass through it, you can still see on the other side because it is so thin
2: that was kind of interesting um it's very man, nice What do you it's, think, it's, a, it's a lovely thought
1: are you a paranormal individual
2: no nah, i'm afraid Believer? not um I, I, I did you know watching that little um watching that little episode i was like going that's, that's quite a nice way of looking at death i suppose i watched um the film um coco as well uh, quite recently and i said that's quite a nice way to think about death but no nah, i'm not i'm not really i don't think i've ever had visitations i mean i've been spooked out <laughs> Lots. Yeah. But, um, but that's just being, but I've always liked, um, abandoned buildings and stuff. That's why I really enjoyed when we mm. went to that one, uh, that wedding, that uh, wedding, uh, venue, uh, in Ishinomaki. Um, yeah, I love anything that's abandoned, anything that's been left, any, anything that, where well, I think that people just haven't been in, in, in years. It's just incredibly exciting to me. So exciting. But yeah.
1: You certainly, you were certainly desperate for treasure that day, rummaging through the attic in the ceiling. <laughs> VHS tips. The ceiling vents. I've for got treasure.
2: VHS tips. <laughs>
1: but I did. I mean, I used to work at uh, a castle that was allegedly haunted. Lots of uh, terrible things had transpired there. It was like 600 years old. And um, mm. a lot of my colleagues said they saw things. And I was always a bit uncomfortable. The castle was in two parts. Um, and like the one part of it, one, like one half of it, was in a moat, um, in a lake rather. It had a moat around it. And, right. Like everyone would leave that bit to go to the section that was kind of on the mainland. And, uh, I'd have to go down there and sort of clear up plates and things and cutlery. And I'd be in this <laughs> massive castle alone with silence. And that was really unpleasant. And my <laughs> colleagues would hear children laughing. They'd hear dogs run, like going under the tables. No, uh, probably some desperate, desperate drunkard from the wedding. who was still <laughs> rolling around on the floor, but you know, they saw things. I, I, often felt that it could be explained, you know. Even in the Love Hotel mm. episode, we took it out, but there was a door that was banging, and we were a little bit spooked by that, this banging noise. But it mm. was clearly just the wind, was like a change in air pressure or something. Yeah. And I remember getting into an argument with some colleagues at the castle once. They were like, did you hear that? That noise there, can you hear that? I'm like, yes, it's the wind hitting the bloody window. <laughs> and more often than not, that was the explanation. So I'm a uh, uh, cynic when it comes to it. it. But, I'd, you know, I'd be interested to find out if there's more. Credibility in these things, but there never is really, is yeah, there? Yeah, definitely. It's just paranormal. I it? know. Um, just nonsense. got one here from Dan. It says, "Good morning, evening, Big Cheese Chris and Top Dog Pete." Big oh. cheese Chris and Top Dog. Dogs Pete. love cookies. Like menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, just got to say, I love the podcast and the videos, especially the most recent one of your spooky travels. Now you finished another journey. Is there going to be, or are there going to be more quests through the land of Japan? Since you went from bike seat to car seat. Uh, for example traveling along the coastline of the sea of japan or down to tatori sand dunes and riding a camel uh, Oh, god thank you for everything that you both do um, i enjoy the truly sarcastic videos and adventure episodes since the cancellation of my trip to japan uh, and because 2020 has gone down the tubes best wishes to both of you stay safe dan um dan he wants me to ride on a camel um, i've no intention of riding a camel anytime soon dan i've yet to ride a horse uh it's just the idea of riding an animal like that scares me. You've ridden a horse, haven't you? I've you ridden a diet. horse
2: around Hyde Park, yeah. Very enjoyable. You was it you, fun? you were invited to ride a horse down in Kyushu, I think, a little while ago, and you just you just yeah yeah. You just said I'm too busy to oh, ride yeah. a horse. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> it was a beach in Okinawa and it was gonna be glorious, but yeah, I said no. Couldn't be bothered. Um <laughs> too busy. i d I've no I've no um no intentions of doing any other journeys. For now, I think I kind of like the whole road trip format to be honest, Dan mm. because it's a lot easier than riding a bike or a horse or a camel or going you know canoe around the sea of Japan and a lot safer as well um I think I'll just stick to the the driving format for now, though I did kind of miss the bicycle on season two of journey across Japan. I did quite like cycling, but you know you can't pack as much in when you're cycling all day uh, and at the end of the day, if you want to put entertainment front and center, it needs to be. Not a bike, in my opinion. What do you reckon, Pete? What should I what what form of
2: transport should I use next I, for next season? I don't. I don't think. I think you should use um, Tokyo Creatives, uh, Ian, um, all the time with for all of your projects. Um, because I, I, I do. I've got a lot of time for Ian, the basketball star, uh, who, right. who um, on Instagram recently was playing um, basketball in Yoyogi Park, and I was like, oh, I don't even like basketball, and that looks incredibly alluring. <laughs> but yeah I, i'm good to see he's back on the back on the uh chris broad hustle <laughs> working with you on another well, I mean, project it
1: wouldn't have been journey across japan without ian he is the secret yeah. source that makes journey across japan work when you said uh when you mentioned Ian, i thought you meant like ride Ian around like a horse
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well that, that'll do well. that'll do get a little uh get a little saddle for ian and just uh him on all fours to win around well dear <laughs> well, well dear, dear
1: uh got one from lydia i'll hand that over to you
2: coffee tea. all right then uh lydia says um she's from uh, florida hello chris and pete my husband and i have been making plans to visit japan we love to travel and hopefully in two years we'll be making our way there i have a slight addiction to spicy foods so i tend to have hot sauces around at work and home you know for a snack here and there or to jazz up some pizza i agree that's great work lydia i do the same with um, little packets of uh, tabasco i know that's a very weak uh, hot sauce but still um up until now, I've had access to hot sauce or spicy food anywhere we travel, Mexico and Peru. Uh, and I was wondering how widespread spicy food is in Japan. I've not run into any info about this in my research. Would you recommend that I bring my favorite condiment on our trip? Are there other countries that you guys have been to uh, for which I need to prepare to bring my hot sauce? England was <laughs> a very good example. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a good day. Linda from Florida. I work at a nonprofit here in Florida, and I use the fax machine every day. It breaks down a lot. <laughs> Who fixes a fax machine, Lind- <laughs> Lind- uh, Lydia? Lydia. <laughs> Good
1: God, poor old Lydia. I mean, we don't even have a fax machine. <gasps> Spoilers. No. but uh, I mean, unbelievable. We should, if we did get one, it would just make this podcast very miserable. The, the whole podcast would just be the noise of. Rrr, rrr, bee, <laughs> bee, 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 bee. I actually, yeah. When I did a, a video a few weeks ago, when we went to this, um, the twenty thousand dollar a month apartment, mm. uh, Alex, the guy that runs his real estate agent, really nice guy. He's got a fax machine, and we filmed a section of him using it, and it just wouldn't work. Like he punched the number in. And it did the old Uh, dial-up noise, like the 90s. And then nothing happened, and it was very anticlimactic. And it reminded me why fax machines are outdated and why I hate them. Um, Condiments, though. He's got
2: a nice dog, though, hasn't he? He's got a nice dog. He's got a lovely pug. Scotty the Pug. (laughs)
1: Apparently, Uh, I was uh, speaking to Alex the other day. Uh, He's he's become quite famous since that video because it got like a mm. million views in a week. And where he lives, or where his uh, real estate company is in Nakamegoro, it's a very centralised area. People have just been walking into his shop, opening the door, and went, hey, I like your video, mate, and then just walking off. And, <laughs> love like, it. Apparently, he was walking down, the, I think, the river in Nakamegoro, Nakamegoro River the other day, and somebody, mm. <laughs> somebody just shouted, all right, YouTube, and then just walked off. And he was, like, shell-shocked <laughs> by all this. Just know like, what's going on? It's hilarious. Love I love it vicariously through his experiences of YouTube fame. Um, Hot sauce. I have no knowledge of hot sauce. I would recommend you bring your favourite hot sauce because there isn't a whole lot in Japan. We did, of course, give Natsuki some uh, hot ones, the last dab, triple X sauce in Sapporo. You missed it, unfortunately, didn't you, Pete? You, had to, you missed your plane or something. You had to run <laughs> yes. off. You don't, well, I, you'd
2: only fed me some hot, weird, hot um, takoyaki, so I, <laughs> you'd only abused my mouth to, be, to if you, excuse my thorough <laughs> phrase. You might have had your mouth
1: abused, but not on the scale that Natsuki was. I mean, he no. got properly stuffed. That, uh, <laughs> <What> that for <laughs> the last dab, <laughs> he was crying. Um, but that video, that, that video's got like a million views on the second channel because people love watching Japanese people try hot sauce. But um, no, bring your own Lydia and then give it to Japanese people, film it, and uh, get millions of views on, on YouTube. That's my <laughs> advice. Um, awesome. Got one here from Dan. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. One question, one question alone.
2: Pete, why do you have a goatee? Thank you. Dan. Um, Go
0: oh,
2: ahead,
0: Pete.
1: Uh,
2: well, I mean, it's, it's basically because I can't grow anything else. Uh, like If I just grow my beard out, uh, if I just if I go from year zero to beard, um, it doesn't grow on the sides. It's it's a really weird phenomenon. It's just it's just moustache, <laughs> little goatee beard, and nothing else. And it's very upsetting. If I if I could get out of the goatee boulevard, um, I would certainly uh, try my best. But I just couldn't. I just I can't. I can't. I can't. It's all it grows. it's all my face deems fit for human consumption. <laughs> ikim mp
1: down the goatee boulevard
2: mm. what a lovely yeah. image that is awful awful eh <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> keep the
1: stories questions comments coming into to abroad japan podcast at gmail.com guys we'll be back to do it again in the next few days but for now no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world stay safe um and if you're in the uk good luck with this um quarantine and good luck to you Pete, as well mm. and uh i'll stay safe yeah. in my beard stay safe <laughs> but for now guys we'll see you in the next few days have a good one